this is this is this is this is this is this is this this is this is this is this is this is this is the local music revolution the local music revolution local music revolution local music revolution local Welcome to the Local Music Revolution. I am your host, Ogre. How are you doing? On today's episode, we have William H. Klink. Um, Not a person, it's a band. William H. Klink was among the first 15 or so emails that I actually got uh, with sign-up information for the show. Um, I did that by going into Facebook groups and asking if anybody wanted to be interviewed. I got a decent response, and we're still hearing those interviews as of current time. When I first saw the name, I thought it was a solo artist, Uh, but as in the interview, you will hear that it is a band, not a solo artist. They released their first album in January of 2015, and they are being extremely ambitious uh, moving forward because... They released more music at the end of 2015 as well. Uh, Being that this was actually done in the middle of 2015, you will hear their plans for that. And subsequently, you can hear the music that they did release uh, as they had planned. It's very interesting interviewing these guys because, to be completely honest, uh, everything in life, including music, is all mind over matter. If you think you can, you can do what you are wanting to do and I learned that time and time again with this podcast and uh, being a musician I also learned that as well playing an instrument so it's very good to talk to and hear stories about these guys especially William H. Clink learning and getting to where they want to be and now if you want to chime in Please get a hold of me, facebook.com slash the local music revolution, on Twitter at TLMR Podcast, on Instagram at the local music revolution, on Tumblr, tumblr.com slash the local music revolution, and on WordPress, the local music revolution.wordpress.com. What are you ambitious about? What are you wanting to do moving forward musically? I will answer that now. I would like to write better songs always trying to write better songs and for the podcast moving forward i would like to expand to a bigger audience and see these artists that i work with get more exposure as much as they can and speaking of that if you are looking for more episodes to hear because you like the one you're listening to now all you have to do is go to itunes stitcher or youtube type in the local music revolution into those search bars and we will pop up you can listen to all of the previous episodes yes youtube is a little behind because it takes a long time i've said it before i'll say it again it takes forever for those episodes to get done so bear with me here i am currently still trying to get up to date on that as for itunes and stitcher they are updated almost immediately after the episode is posted so check that out people While you're on the internet looking all that up, you can also look up Stringjoy.com, one of our sponsors. Stringjoy.com is a guitar string company out of Nashville, Tennessee. They create 
guitar strings. They also make it so that the artist can customize their set of strings as well. All you have to do is give them a little bit of info, talk to them about what you want, what you hear in your head, and they will help you out get the best strings to make you sound your best. They also have customizable instrument cables, which means you can have the length down to the inch the way you want. You can have the color and also the connector. So that 90 degree tip that I've been wanting forever, yeah, I can get that through stringjoy.com and they will hook it up for you. All you have to do is go to stringjoy.com, check out what they have when you are at the checkout. Please enter the promo code LOCAL, that's L-O-C-A-L, and you will get a discount for being a listener of the Local Music Revolution. And now, without any more ado whatsoever, this is William H. Clink. All right, I'm here with Mike and Angus from William H. Clink. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing great. Doing good. That's good to hear, guys. All right, so um, before we get heavily into this, who are we missing? So we're missing uh, three members of the band, actually. That would be the, the drummer, Alex Singer, our rhythm guitarist, Alex Schwend, and our lead guitarist and vocalist, Jake Schoonmaker. Nice. Okay. And you said um, you have two Alex, uh, Alexes in the band? Yeah, we have one Alex and one Alec. So oh, one. Alec and Alex. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to ask how that ha- or how that worked with you guys. Um because yeah, it just I'll it sounds like a big mix up. <laughs> yeah, it, we just use their last names. So oh. we call Alex Zinger by Zinger and then Alex Schwen by Schwen. <laughs> Makes it a lot easier. And it, it it started out that way. So <laughs> All right. Um so now that we got that settled, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Um, can you give me a background of the band? How did you guys get together, and how um, were there any lineup changes, and how has that led you to today? Uh, can you say that last part of the question again real quick? Sorry, I kind of missed that. Um, yeah. Uh, can you just tell me uh, the background of the, the band and how um, how you've come to today? Um, is there any lineup changes or anything like that? Yeah, okay. So uh, basically, well, we all... All the members that are currently in the band right now, we all met uh, at Cal Poly, um, and most of us were going to the Cal were, were going to Cal Poly at the time. Uh, and basically, so Jake, our uh, lead vocalist, and he's actually the one that writes most of the music. Uh, he started a band with Schwen and Zinger, and one other member, and they they were under a different name, uh, Royalty. And then basically, uh, me and Angus here were roommates freshman year. We knew all those guys, and then. Um, we kind of ended up we ended up joining the band we actually had a violinist to uh charles alexander but then uh we ended up splitting ways with him so it's it's down to the five now oh wow nice uh so you guys are all original members uh yeah basically when uh after royalty when we became william h clink then uh you know that that's uh we were sorry all five of us were there when william h clink was born Nice, nice. All right, so um, how has the writing changed from when you guys first started until now? Changes. Um, for the most part, there hasn't been much change. We're just, we kind of vary within our music styles and, like, how we play. I guess our live performance has gotten a lot better. <laughs> um, <laughs> but 
we have a wide range of things that we do, and it's always kind of been that way. And we kind of just go with what we feel as far as when we're writing music and playing music. No restrictions. Yeah, there's no restrictions, and it's just, it's kind of always been that way. That's always the way to go, man. I I hate having little boundaries on music. Yeah, exactly. It stifles what music really should be, so I'm a fan for not having any rules. Or knowing the rules and just breaking them just because they're they're dumb. Yeah, yeah. We break a lot of our own rules. All, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, um, so the uh, the writing style hasn't changed much, as you've stated. So, um, you guys have an album. Uh, what is the title of that album? It's a self-titled. Just William H. Clay. Okay, so with that album, you have 17 tracks, which is ambitious, by the way. Congratulations. Uh, secondly, um, Thank you. how did you guys record it? Was it a home studio kind of deal, or did you go to a real studio? So it was, uh, it was a pretty long process. Basically, uh, we started recording it in my apartment um, and Schoon's apartment a long, a long time ago. It was probably September last year, or maybe even before that. Um, and basically, we got started on that. We learned some things, you know, scrapped some some tracks. We basically ended up going to a, a studio down here called Speak Studio. It's a really nice studio, and uh, they got a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, Vince Chimo and Dan Chimo, they, uh, they, they're doing a lot of good stuff. Nice. But anyway, uh, we ended up kind of just not um, really liking the sound that was coming out of, of the studio, and we had a, we had a little bit of disagreement with the producer. Uh, so we ended up just bringing it back to our new place here in Slow and just recorded it uh, mostly in Schoon and in my house. Nice, nice. So um, so how did you guys prep to do that? Um, did you do a lot of pre-production um, with all of the tracks? Um, w- was there any uh, difficulties changing so many times? Um. There were there were a few difficulties, not with like, um, mostly just with the recording process. Because what we did was we got our PA, and we hooked up a few mics to MIDI interface and just used GarageBand or um, Logic, and we had the whole band play at the same time in the living room, and it got this really like kind of garagey sound. It wasn't like the raw recordings were just really, really raw, and and we liked it that way. And we kind of we dubbed the vocals with some like reverb and stuff like that. But as far as the recording process in the living room, it was just kind of shoot and go and see see what we came out with. Um. So when you guys did actually sit down in the studio and 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 get serious about recording, did you guys play two clicks or was this is was it playing off of each other? Um, we usually always play off each other. So in the studio, it was, we had the keyboards, the drum, the lead guitar, and the bass all record a foundation track. And then, um, the rhythm guitar and the vocals and the violin would just go over that. Oh, nice. Nice. And, yeah, that's, we never played to a click track or anything. Um, I'm not sure if we should have or should not have because it did take a long time, but... It was definitely fun, and fun recording as like a mostly as a band. So, um, 
something that that's interesting to me is trying to layer all of the instruments um you guys have two more instruments than most rock or metal bands have um you have the you had the violin and you have keyboards how do you guys actually layer those things to make it sound good um is it a thought process or do you guys just go um that usually kind of comes with the writing so someone will usually just come up with a new song and we'll jam it out as a band and then parts kind of just make their way to the front or kind of just play like a rhythm part or a background part and whichever parts because we're just writing as we go so whichever parts kind of like sound more melodic or stand out more kind of make their way to the upper levels of the layers And so, um, was there a thought uh, when putting this record together how the songs would be formed and, and structured? Um, yeah, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, when you guys were putting the album together with the finished songs, um, did you guys do a lot of thinking about how the songs would be structured in the album? Yeah, so we were thinking about doing, like, a, at first we were thinking about doing, like, a kind of transition, like, putting, you know, some of our rock tunes on one end of the album and more of the psychedelic stuff on the other end, but then we kind of just decided to say fuck it and just kind of, kind of mix it all up and, uh, you know, just basically just give the, give the listeners a taste of our sound. You know, every four songs are going to sound completely different, so it's just it's kind of our style. Awesome, man. All right, so um, along with the album, you have the album artwork, and um, it, it's really trippy. I don't even know what kind of art style it would fall under. Can you talk about uh, the, the cover and what the design is and what it means? Uh, yeah, so that's actually a piece by our, our lead singer and uh, lead guitarist, Jake Schoonmaker. Uh, he just, he was painting it one day, it took him, or not one day, it was <laughs> quite a long process, but, um, yeah, I can't really speak to what it means, I think, uh, you know, he, he just kind of, just kind of let it go and, uh, made something that looked really awesome, and, you know, there's kind of, there's no real, uh, structure to it, no, um, you know, he just kind of let it flow, I think, nice. and it kind of suited our music. Yeah, we all liked it, so we wanted it to be our cover. Nice. It's really colorful. It's it's um, it's yeah. mesmerizing at some point, man. <laughs> took me a couple minutes to look away, so that's always <laughs> a good sign. <laughs> yeah, we have the we have the full size painting living uh, hanging up in our house here. It's a pretty pretty cool piece. Awesome. Um, do you have any uh, like if you had backdrops and stuff, would that be part of your backdrop, or um, do you have any other designs that incorporate the, that? Like in our live live shows? Yeah, yeah. Um, not exactly that, but we have had uh, you know backdrops to just we usually do kind of psychedelic stuff. Um, I mean, it it almost it fits with the punk too. It's just kind of we're kind of we kind of go for like a psych punk sort of vibe with our backdrops. We use a lot of makeshift stuff. We we painted a futon mattress <laughs> with like acrylic paint, and we just kind of like dipped our hands and feet in paint and just did a bunch of random stuff, wrote William Ace Clink on the back. And, uh -huh. yeah, we kind of do random stuff. 
Um, so one of the, the major questions I had is what does William H. Clink mean? Um, and where did you guys get that name? Uh, William H. Clink just sort of symbolizes like us as a collective unit. Um, as, uh, as our lead singer put it, it's a reference to Jesus. Uh, <laughs> it, it means a lot. It means a lot and nothing at the same time. Wow. That's that's interesting. So, um, so there, it just kind of fell out of the sky, or how, how did you guys stumble on the name? <laughs> okay, so we all saw it in a dream. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> the story goes, uh, we were looking for a name, and uh, basically, it kind of just appeared. Uh, Schoon's mom actually pointed it out. Um, at a restaurant, it was basically like a, a chart of all these kids and what they were going to do when they grew up. And there was this one guy that stood out, and all the other kids wanted to be lawyers and doctors, and William Clink wanted to be a drummer, so that kind of inspired us. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So somewhere, somehow, this kid, um, he influenced you guys, or, or he symbolized your band? That's awesome. Have you ever tried to find him? Uh, this was like, it was like 1908, I want to say, like graduating class. I don't think he's alive anymore. I haven't found it. We have briefly looked. We Googled him, and the only William Clink that we found was some physicist professor, a physics <laughs> professor in Iowa. <laughs> we don't think it's the same guy. Yeah, he'd be a little too old. That's awesome, man. So... So a drummer from 1908 influenced you guys. That's awesome, man. That that's truly amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell me about the song Seabed? Uh yeah. Uh Angus wrote it, so I guess he can tell you about it. Seabed. <laughs> oh, you did? Seabed. Um I remember when well Schoon wrote the initial riff, the intro riff. And I had heard him play it a few times, and then we were having a band practice, and it wasn't, it was kind of just like a jam sesh, and we were kind of just testing out, or kind of just having fun. And Skin came out with that riff, and um, I remember we started jamming out, and me and Mike started playing this, like, this weird rhythm, and I had this weird organ setting, it's like a cheese organ, and then his bass line would fit perfectly into the rhythm of the keyboards and it sounded really good and Zinger just like he would like make it he would build to the climax and with his drum set and Schwinn has an electric guitar now that he uses trippy effects on so it kind of just came together uh, out of nowhere and just meshed uh, everyone kind of had their own part and it just became a truly awesome song yeah, it's kind of just written in one jam session. And then we would jam over it a few other times and kind of like really figure out what each one of us wanted to do. Awesome. Well, this is Seabed.
that was seabed so gentlemen um we were talking during the break um in january you put out a 17 track album and you said you guys are recording and going to release eps this year so what's that process like what are you guys doing do you have any information for us yeah absolutely uh so basically we're uh at the new house we've kind of we start recording again. This time we're using a lot more mics. Uh, we're, we've kind of ref refined our um, sound, you know, and our recording sound. And uh, we, we bought a, We bought an eight-track studio production uh, mixer, so that's uh, helped a lot with the sound. And basically, we're just we're doing it in my house, slowly chipping away at it. Um, um, and it should be about another 17 songs or so um, when it's all said and done. Wow, seven. That that's thirty four songs, guys. Like, how how do you guys do that? It, I mean, there's how many in the band? Five, six guys. I mean, I five, know, yeah. All of you write this stuff, and wow, dude, thirty four songs in two years. That's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're ambitious like that. I mean, we uh, we've been writing a lot of songs. Um, we all write. We all bring stuff to the table. Uh, so yeah, it's been great. So, um, is there any idea about like titles for the the EP or um, any other information like that? Um, we're not quite sure yet. We're definitely we're gonna have three EPs, so I guess they're gonna have three different titles. Wow, um, three EPs. Jeez. We wanna kind of mesh them together in some way, but yeah, we haven't we haven't put too much thought into it yet nice nice so how far along are you guys with this you said you're shipping away uh do you have some st substantial amount done um uh, you know not kind of we have like tracks that we've done and then tracks that we've actually that we really like and things like that but as far as the whole process goes we're just gonna keep recording we might re-record some songs and we, we might even add like more parts or things like that and and so we haven't even started the vocals or anything like that um yeah we're taking our time being patient with it nice nice um so you guys said you refine the process of your recording um what do you mean by that you you said that you got more equipment and and better results but um like have you been studying techniques and and trying to implement those in the recording yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've I especially have been working a lot on my production. I've produced for a couple more artists uh, since our album came out. Um, and, uh, you know, we basically just, just been trying to use our ears to the best we can, refine the sound. We're uh, getting a lot more isolation from each with each instrument now. Uh, we're biking up the drums with a lot more mics and a lot higher quality mics. Um, and basically we're just trying to steer um, a little bit away from the garage sound and go for more of a you know, well thought out and uh, patient album. Nice, nice. Um, so how do you go about uh, doing your research for that, the recording techniques and the production? Um, do you use YouTube? Do you have any sources you really, really enjoy and, and go to every time you have a question? Um, yeah, I mean, most of my experience just comes from recording uh when I was growing up, I recorded a lot with just my friends, you know, just kind of messing around. And then it got more serious uh, in high school, middle school, because uh, I was I was in jazz band and basically uh, worked with um, 
a lot of uh, my my professors, my teachers were really were really talented um, at recording and producing music as well as playing and teaching. So I learned a lot from them, um, and I think that's gonna you know that's that's one of my major sources that we draw from. Uh, otherwise, it's a lot of just it's just a lot of hearing. We all just really listen to the music in depth, and we try to hear uh, you know minor sounds, just timbres, and, and what we want to adjust. Shout out to Folsom High. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, um, <clears throat> so again during the break, you guys were talking about a a show that you guys put on a DIY show. Um, and can you go into that and explain what you guys were talking about and what that show's for? Yeah. So the show is called Mr. Bang, and it started out as like a really a couple of our friends, Carson and Greg, um. They came to us with the idea of playing on top of Cluster Ridge. We we heard that it has been done before, so we went through with it and we got a generator and kind of just played to a close group of our friends. I mean, it went really well. So we decided we were going to do it at least once a quarter as often as we could. And it's really just grown into this ginormous, I don't even know what to consider it, just this get together pile up of a bunch of poly students locals and we get local bands and it's there was red bull was there last time and it's been crazy it's actually crazy to watch it evolve nice yeah this last time we uh accepted a lot of donations and we actually made a good amount of money it was like i don't know the exact amount a few hundred bucks we donated to the boys and girls clubs and bought them a few guitars and some tambourines and some flutes. Nice. <clears throat> so, um, so you guys are donating to the Boys and Girls Club, and you're donating musical instruments, which is fantastic. Um, music needs to be part of basic education. If it's not, then we're doing something wrong, and I truly yeah, believe that. Um, so, um, with the donations, what are you guys hoping to accomplish? Um. Uh, like, I know donating is, is, you know, just trying to help people out, but is there something that you guys want to do ultimately with the donations? Uh, it's really just um, to encourage, you know, our community to embrace music and uh, to really encourage the kids, you know, growing up who maybe don't have uh, any chance to play music otherwise. You know, we really just want to keep it alive, basically. And uh, I don't know, there's been a lot of uh, legal... Um, you know, legal stuff going on slow, and it really seems like the government's kind of trying to shut down the music scene a little bit. It's, uh, <laughs> it's pretty annoying, actually. So uh, we just we're kind of doing anything we can to perpetuate uh, music and you know show the importance of of it all. Wow. So, um, what what do you mean by the government's trying to shut down the the music scene? Um, are they? Uh, Go ahead. Sorry. Um. I'm not really sure exactly what they're doing. They have a lot of issues with it. Yeah, there's a billion pass that says the live house shows that the bands and the house will both be getting ticketed. There's any noise complaint. And I think what they're trying to do is just trying to get college kids to like party a little less, which there's no point in trying to do that, in my opinion, because kids will be kids and they, they'll do what they do. And including... The music scene in that is just like a whole different story because, I don't know, it, it adds a lot of culture to slow and 
the music scene in itself is its own community, and that in itself is just a really cool thing. And, yeah, so the fact that it's included in the bill is, in my opinion, kind of ridiculous. I can see where they're coming from, but it's it just isn't worth it. Yeah, it's like uh, kind of a scare tactic to get bands, to get live bands not to want to play, because then they might have to, uh, you know, put up money for a ticket as well. Well, I, I'd say screw it. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, that's you know, that that's me. Um, my town actually went as far as um, when we got really desperate, we'd rent out the park for the day, and we'd have shows there. And I actually went to go try to rent out the park, and I did right, and I told them what I wanted to do, and they looked at me like I was an idiot, and I was like, "What is wrong with this?" And they told me that I needed to have a million dollar insurance policy because of our unruly actions. Um, yeah. And I was like, are, are you kidding me? It's a park. Like, there's no reason for you to have a million dollar insurance policy so people can watch live music, you jackass. So, <laughs> yeah. We agree. It, it was. Agreed wholeheartedly. Yeah, it was it was outrageous. Um, yeah, my town's um, not that that good on the music scene. Thus, the podcast. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, other than uh, the the local government trying to shut you guys down, how is the music scene in slow? Um, it's it's kind of, it's diverse. Um, there's there's a good amount of rock. Uh, decent amount of EDM as well, but uh, obviously we play for mostly rock crowds. It's just it's really diverse, I'd say. A lot, I mean, there's a lot of country. There's a country scene here too. Um, even a little bit over San Maria Los Osos, they have a, a metal scene. No. Um, but I don't. It's it's diverse, is how I would put it. Um, have you guys heard of uh, what is the name? O Odinovan? Uh, no, O'Donovan. Sorry. O'Donovan? Yeah, O'Donovan. Um, no, we have not. No, they're out of ta- Tascadero. Um, they're in the same scene that that country. They're like country pop, okay. and uh, yeah. Um, I we thought heard you guys... of a band called The Monroe that's from Tascadero. We played a show with them on Cal Poly once. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, they're kind of like a folky type band. <laughs> awesome. Um, so. Can you guys tell me about the song uh, Duchovny? Uh, yeah. That song started, I was playing with um, like a mini chord, and it just started from me messing with this one patch, and I could twist it. I used the modulator to like make it really like this like kind of like really horrific, screeching, weird, not pleasant sound. And I would turn it all the way down, and it would sound really nice. <laughs> and, yeah, that's kind of how it started. And it was just one of those, another jam session where we started out with that, and then drums, bass came in, and then Schoon wrote this awesome riff to it with um, with the lighter. And it kind of sounds, he, he, like, slides it and kind of makes it sound like a slide guitar. Wow. And, yeah, it, it sounded really nice and... Um, we got good reactions from the crowd. I, I don't even remember why we named it Duchovny. It's because uh, Schoon really likes uh, David Duchovny's character in the X-Files. Oh, no. I don't remember 
remember what that guy's name is in that show, but uh, Mulder. Yeah, basically, yeah. His name's Mulder. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is Duchovny.
that was Duchovny. So, gentlemen, um, on your profile, um, and I actually got to talk to her, um, you have uh, Sophia, which is your manager. Can you go into how you guys got hooked up with her and uh, what her, her uh, job description entails? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, basically, Sophia, um, she had heard us play a couple times. Um, you know, she was a fan first and foremost. <laughs> Came to a couple shows. And then she approached us, and uh, you know, she was like, "I really want to, I really want to manage your band. I feel like I could do a lot for you guys." And um, we basically just said, "Like, yeah, we'll, uh, you know, try you out." And took her on, and she's been really great. Uh, she she handles a lot of stuff for us. Um, she basically she emails venues, she uh, emails producers and um, promoters, and basically uh, she she hooked us up with Speak Studios as well. She kind of found out about that. Um, and, and then also she does a lot of graphic design work for us as well. Our whole band camp uh, was all laid out by her. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, she she does a lot for us. So really good. Oh, she also she's also a um, she also has a position at the uh, Cal Poly Radio Station KCPR. So uh, I think she has a lot of experience, you know, kind of DJing and uh, event coordinating for music music type events. That is awesome to have. Um, so. How has uh how have the shows changed since uh you got her on? Are they they more, you know, sophisticated and well put together um than when you guys were just by yourselves? Um one thing that we definitely notice is that we get a lot more shows. Mm-hmm. Uh she kind of goes out of her way to just contact booking agents for bars and um, out of town bars too. She booked us a few shows in LA. Um, we got hooked up in Santa Cruz, and uh, we're definitely playing more less house shows these days, and we're playing more just kind of like out of town scenes and things like that. So that's one thing we noticed. And as far as the setup goes, it's like. Having a sound guy is really cool, and having like monitors and stuff is really cool. But then the house shows are just completely awesome because the crowd and everybody kind of gets rowdy and has like a great time. So, yeah, the house shows are are I like them because you know the the crowd's like right up in front of you, like literally right yeah. in your face. Like if you yeah. move your headstock wrong, you're gonna pop somebody in the head. So, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome like having the crowd clear and just being like sweat and blood on the, it's pretty crazy it's pretty crazy <laughs> alright so um, you guys are talking about playing out shows so how do you guys prep playing shows do you guys play your set all the way through as you would in a live setting or do you play all of your songs uh, can you say that one more time I missed that sorry about that um you you were talking about your live shows and everything. So when you guys prep for your live shows, do you play your set um, all the way through as you would in a live setting, or do you play all your songs during practices? We kind of just depending on the show and depending on how we're feeling before the show. We'll we'll practice, and on the bigger shows, we'll go through the whole set and. I mean, even for the bigger ones, sometimes it won't. It really just depends on how we're feeling up towards the show. Um, as long as we get some practice and some minutes in just playing together, we do fine. And it's once we're like up there playing a live show, and 
kind of feeding off the crowd. It, it just, everything kind of just clicks in naturally. Nice. So, um, so do you guys actually practice? Um, like when, when you're, uh, when you're not playing shows, do you practice all of your songs or are there some that have just kind of, uh, fallen out of the, fallen out of the repertoire? Well, I think, uh, there's, I mean, we can conjure up almost, I mean, probably every song we've ever played, but it's, <laughs> I can tell you, uh, some of them will be sloppy. Uh, it's not really like we forget them. It's just like we have so much new stuff. We just always are keeping writing. Um, you know, some do, some do inevitably fall out of the loop, and we always we're kind of changing the set as we go. Um, and uh, and yeah, so I, I think you know if we're gonna play an old song we haven't played in a while, we'll practice it a couple times during the week before the show, and uh, it's usually fine from there. Nice. So, um, um, Angus. Uh, you're the keyboard player and everything, um, producer and everything. So, um, how has you? You also said that you were in school band, right? Um, what was that? Um, you, you're the keyboard player, correct? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. you said you were in. Uh, it was school band, like jazz band, right? Uh, that was my. But I, I was also in. Oh, uh, sorry, sorry. My school band. <laughs> I used to play trombone. Back okay, in the day so. When- so then both of you have that experience so the question will actually be for both of you um being in that setting and having to learn how to read manuscript and how to to read music and and you know complement the different sections of the orchestra um how has that helped you in writing music for for william h clink um i guess in a lot of ways it kind of helps me visualize music in a different way. Um, it's de- playing in a band is definitely different than playing in a in like a concert band. Yeah, much different. Because <laughs> in a concert band, you kind of it's it's a way different. You have like a support role. I feel like everybody has their kind of like kind of has to carry their own weight to carry this piece, and then. It, in a five-piece band, it's it's just like a more raw kind of like I don't know how to describe it really. Well, uh, I'd say um, being in that setting helps me uh, <laughs> help me with the, with the band just by playing with so many different musicians and uh, hearing like different styles. Basically, just uh, you know, it really. It really opens you up to a lot of things. Uh, for me, I, I played a lot of different genres, so I never really, uh, you know, I kind of got that thing where I never really stuck to one genre. Um, you know, being a school band helps out a lot. And then, you know, like Angus was saying, though, uh, you, you usually have a smaller role in, in such big bands like that. And, um, you know, when you go to a rock band, you, every part's super important, and if one part's missing, it's not going to sound right. Okay. So, uh, you know, it's just, it, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, I was uh, I was in marching band when I was a kid, and uh, I I I was given the bass drum because I'm like six six. I'm just tall, mm-hmm. and you know, wide shoulders could carry a big bass drum. Um, but the thing was, I hated marching band. Um, I loved the drum set. The drum set's where everything for me is you know located. I just love that the sound of it, the the feel of it, everything. Um, 
but being in marching band and being in drumline helped me so much in articulating what drums are placed where and how they sound and what makes them sound great. Um, that that experience right there is invaluable. I, I really highly suggest anybody being able to go and, and play in a classical orchestra uh, type band or a marching band or something like that to get your chops up because that right there is incredibly important for you. Definitely agree. Definitely. It helps you find kind of where, where your sound, sound should be in like a band setting. Yeah. Or song, things like that. Yeah, especially with the setup, too. I mean, the, the orchestra is set up in a way that, that every piece is supposed to be heard the, the way it should. And, uh, yeah, it just, it, it it's invaluable, man. I, I really, I hope everybody has that, that want to be part of it. All right, guys, so can you uh, can you tell me about the song Montecito? Uh, yeah, so uh, Montecito was written by Spoon. Four um, of the band even came together, I believe. Uh, it was based off one of his experiences uh, being a young ripper skateboarding <laughs> out of Montecito, and uh, I guess he got all bloody and he kept falling. Uh, <laughs> And then there was a bunch of just rich white people all over the place, and they were just looking at him like he was crazy because his hands were all bloody and his blood all over his hands.
Montecito. So, gentlemen, um, you guys were talking earlier about your three EPs and that uh, shebang, uh, the really big show that you guys do. Um, is there anything else for uh, the future that you guys are working on? I mean, I think, uh, you know, the band's goal is to definitely go on tour. Uh, I think we want to do some sort of West Coast, I mean, Northwest, Portland, Seattle. Um, type tour in the future. Uh, basically, that's, that's going to come after our EPs, though. Um, so, uh, as far as uh, any other shows lined up, we don't we don't have too many right now. Uh, just just looking for the future, looking forward to getting the EPs done. Awesome. And uh, how can people get a hold of you and check out the music you guys are producing? Um, so we uploaded an album to our first album to SoundCloud and Bandcamp, and then we have a Facebook page that has the links to both those sites. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the URL is. Uh, Facebook, Facebook, uh, just look up William H. Clink on Facebook. I know it's William H. Clink. slash William H. Clink, and that's all with a K, by the way, for Clink. You can also just Google. Well, we make sure. <laughs> but you also get that physics professor in there. So. <laughs> awesome. All right, gentlemen. So thank you so much for being on the show. I really, really appreciate your time and your effort. You guys have been awesome. Uh, please keep me thank posted on you anything you guys are doing. I really, really want to see what you guys, uh, what, what the future holds for you guys, all right? Awesome. Will do. Thank you for having us. Thank you. All right, gentlemen. You have a good night. All right. You too. So that was William H. Clink. What did you think? <laughs> that rhymed. So after listening to this episode back, I remember that I was so frustrated after this episode. And it wasn't because of the guys. It was because of them telling the stories about police shutting down musicians and bars and things of that nature in San Luis Obispo. It disgusted me. Uh, because 
you need entertainment and music is a very acceptable form of entertainment i don't understand why you would make a point of punishing these people that are just trying to be artistic i mean just because it's a little louder than some people like does not give you the right to shut somebody down when they are performing or to restrict them from performing um it just it really is a frustrating thing thankfully we do have people to understand and thankfully we do have people that appreciate that loud noise we call art so for everybody that supports the local music thank you so much for all the people not calling the cops when somebody is practicing in the neighborhood thank you so much you guys are awesome you are just as important to the musicians as their instruments because you know without you they'd be getting shut down if you decided to call the cops on them believe me i've had it happen it sucks now for a change of pace um as we've been doing for previous weeks here is Derbeck smitty interviewing the lead singer and vocalist of natas lived enjoy good roll program confirmed go with throttle up you are now listening to the Dirtbag Block of Rock. Welcome to the Dirtbag Block of Rock. I'm your host, Dirtbag Smitty. On the phone right now, we got Mr. Justin Dumar, the singer and the keyboard player for the band Natas Lived out of Salt Lake City, Utah. Justin, say hello to everyone. How you doing today, brother? I'm doing well, man. Uh, I think it's a great day. It's a little rainy here in San Diego. How's the weather treating you up there? Hey, man, it was raining on us yesterday, so you got our, you got our, uh, you got our nonsense. We're nice and sunny. I met Justin a couple years ago when my, my project was on tour up in uh, Salt Lake, and uh, Justin extended a helping hand, man, helped us book some shows. Justin is a is an awesome dude, awesome musician. It's a pleasure to have you on the phone today, man, for real. Hey, I appreciate that, man. It's a pleasure to do business with you over the years. You guys have been amazing, and Dirtbag is absolutely amazing. My favorite night of every year is because you guys bring us out to Southern California and I get to party down with you cats. Let's talk about some stuff, man. How, how are you guys doing? How's the band? Ben's doing great right now, man. We're really excited. We're just barely coming off of the peak of releasing We Are the Gray. We got the EP for it released right now. It's just, it's, it's going amazing. We're super duper impressed with the sales. We've got support coming from all over the place. We've got a little mini tour coming up at the end of this month. The Alpha Complex, good friends of ours, great band. If you haven't heard of them yet, go check them out. The Alpha Complex, they're awesome. Vocals and keyboard at the same time. Explain that. Ain't, ain't that weird. Ain't that weird. I play guitar, man, so don't laugh. All at the same time, everybody. <laughs> I play a guitar. Thug life. Thug life. <laughs> Thug life. It, yeah, it's awesome, dude. I, I mean, what what good industrial metal band doesn't have, you know, a guitar? Ladies and gentlemen, we're on the phone with Mr. Justin Dumas from the band Not Us Live from Salt Lake City. Justin, you got the floor, man. Anything you want to say? Not Us Live. We are the gray. Check it out. We'll be on tour somewhere near you very soon. You're living that dream. Keep living that dream. Ski! That was Justin Dumar from the band Natas Live. This is their latest single, Silence in the Lamb, right here on the Dirtbag Block of Rock.
For more music from the band Natas Live and other Dirtbag sponsored artists, visit Dirtbag.com. For the full interview, subscribe to us on YouTube at Dirtbag Clothing 1996. The Dirtbag Blocker Rock is brought to you by Dirtbag Clothing, sponsored by Pair Booking. Again, that was Dirtbag Smitty over there at Dirtbag Clothing doing their block of rock, interviewing Justin Dumont from Natas Lived. Great little episode we got there. I'm actually really, really digging that Natas Lived track. Wow, it is groovy and the vocals change really, really weird. I'm really, really digging that. Thank you to Smitty and dirtbag clothing for supplying the block of rock and being just amazing sponsors of this podcast don't think i haven't forgot about Stringjoy either thank you guys so much for being part of the show you guys are amazing i couldn't do this show without the support of the sponsors of the listeners and most of all of the bands that want to be part of this show that is why april 9th 2016 in my hometown of tulare california at a little place we call barmageddon we are celebrating the year anniversary of the local music revolution the live bands will have all been on the show we're talking donning of a massacre a militant civilian, days under authority, sexual Stevo in the neighborhood scum, and cool Homer Jack will be performing on that night for everybody that shows up. There will also be drink specials, and there will be streaming from my friends, the failed gamers, those crazy, crazy guys. They are doing great things over there on their Felt Gamer stream. You should really check it out. It is really funny. And if you do check it out, make sure that you just annihilate the Bearded Necro with all of your hate. Because that truly is what Felt Gamers is all about. Just talk immense trash to him while he's trying to do a video game. It's hilarious. If you do catch that stream... You want to let me know so I can be part of it and witness the annihilation of that bearded menace. So go to facebook.com slash the local music revolution on Twitter at TLMR podcast on Instagram at the local music revolution on Tumblr, tumblr.com slash the local music revolution. And of course the almighty WordPress, the local music revolution dot WordPress dot com. And tell me when you're going to be there, what you decide to say, all of that stuff. I'll be there. I'll help you out. We'll just decimate Necro together. If you're wanting to listen to more of the podcast, all you have to do is go to Stitcher, iTunes, or YouTube. You can look us up, The Local Music Revolution, on those search engines. We will come up. You can see every single episode that has been posted on those sites. And... Again, YouTube, it's taking me a little while still. I'm trying. I'm getting there. It's just there's a bunch of things going on. So stick with me. I will make sure that you have those episodes. Next week's episode is going to be a little different. Uh, We are interviewing the Central Valley Metal Movement. Now, I don't want to get into a lot of details because that is what the interview is for. But what they are doing in Fresno is very cool, getting a bunch of bands together to help out and just throw really awesome metal shows. There's not a lot of people doing that. There have been people that tried to do that, and they did not work out very well. Um, I remember vividly a few of them. But this seems like it's going to be a great, great movement for the metal scene in the Central Valley of California. 
So next week we get to talk to Jeff, the guy behind the Central Valley Metal Movement. We get to hear about how he came up with the idea, what his next ideas are, and where he sees this going. Until next time, this is the Local Music Revolution. I am Ogre. You have been wonderful. Thank you so much once again. Until next time, take care and be good, everyone. The local music revolution, 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 local music revolution.